everybody, welcome to another episode of the Brown Petri Dish. Today on the podcast, we have Zach Thomas, good friend of the podcast, good guy. He's hosted Barmacy for me several times. Some of you might know him, he's an Akron comic. Um, yeah, we just did the basics of the Brown Petri Dish. You know what we always do? Talk to him about uh, how long he's been in the comedy, what he thinks he needs to work on, because he is a newer comic um, about nine months in. So he's he's getting there. He's he's uh, gotten a lot better since I first saw him. I tell him that on the podcast. Um, but we're always everybody's always learning, and when you're at that stage, that's right around the time that you're figuring out who you are on stage and whatnot. So uh, we talked about that a little bit. Got into some news. We um, I don't know. Talked about who did we talk about at the end? Oh, uh, Pete Davidson, um, who. When he put out a special, got a lot of shit from the comedy community, and uh, I didn't think it was warranted. So we talked about that a little bit. That was Zach's comedian that he brought a clip of. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a good one. And uh, we will, I don't have it up right now, but we will have a Patreon popping up in the next couple weeks. Um, we've decided we're going to take some unedited footage uh, for the podcast audio, unedited audio, put that on there and then we'll do like an extra episode, um, every once in a while and, uh, we'll get a more regular schedule out whenever we put the Patreon up, uh, to figure that out. Uh, but we want to do some, you know, I just put, I just ordered everything for the new podcast studio, um, mics, headsets, mixing board, uh, soundproofing equipment. So, the echo will be gone soon. Um, I will no longer be do- doing the podcast from my dining room table. Um, so that should help Brian Gallagher and his hearing problems. Sorry, buddy. Only a couple more weeks. Um, <laughs> no, but it's it's coming along. And uh, I honestly, like, we're starting Patreon because we been doing this for over a year and uh you don't make shit on anchor so we're gonna start a patreon see if we can turn some money around maybe pay me back for the studio i don't know i don't really care if i get paid back for the studio but we want to you know i don't know fuck it yeah i want to get paid back for the studio fine that's it um <laughs> i want to get paid back for the studio and uh make a little bit maybe make a little bit of money i don't know we do this for fun, but we also do it because we think it's valuable and we have regular listeners. So we know you guys think it's valuable as well, or you're just listening to uh, see how we're going to make an ass of ourselves every week. But uh, pretty soon, if you want to hear the super controversial shit, you're going to go to the Patreon. That's how we're going to do it. That's how we're going to reel you in. Uh, this episode. We went over, so I cut out our uh, talk about Dave Chappelle, and we're going to put that on the Patreon when it goes up. So um, look forward to that. I'll let you guys know when it happens. Enjoy the episode. What's up, Zach, that just got here? How you doing? What's up? <laughs> Good to see you initially just now. Yeah, for the first time. Not uh, shit. What's up, man? How, how have you been this weekend? Oh, man, I've been good. I just got back from Pennsylvania last night. That was fun. Cool. What'd you do out there? Uh, John Huff show. We had a, like, Patsy's, like, Newcastle. Okay. Yeah, how was that? It was interesting. It wasn't wasn't a bad room. Um, it's a little lack of seating, but other than that, everybody was pretty into it. John Huff's one of those guys that is all over the place. Every single po- like you won't see three of the same city in a row on his Facebook page. As far as anything he promotes, the dude is everywhere at once. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's it's uh, I don't I don't 
typically ask John Huff to do shows anymore because I know how far of a drive it's going to be usually. And it's yeah. just not. <laughs> but yeah, when I first started, I did I did some of his shows and they were they were always fun. But that was whenever I, I uh, wasn't getting booked locally anywhere. So it was like, it was like, oh, I might as well drive out there. Yeah. It gives me more time. I mean, he's one of those guys. He's one of the first guys that gives you more than five minutes. You know, I mean, that's yeah, definitely, definitely so, good opportunities. So that helps. Um, yeah, we're talking to Zach Thomas today. Zach, I have to ask, um, why why the stage name? Is it for work, or is it, or is it because you've done some shit in your past that you're not proud of, and you don't want people to know who you are? <laughs> yeah, so a little bit, of both. <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> I uh, I definitely used to do some some shit that I'm not necessarily proud of under the last name Sewage. Uh, also, it's just a fucking dude. Everybody butchers it. Everybody yeah. butchers it. And like, I didn't also want to like use my last name as like part of my joke every time I went on stage. So this way, I know like if I get big off the name Zach Thomas, it's not because I have a funny name. It's because I'm actually funny. Hey Zach, uh, fuck you. Um, <laughs> everybody knows I do a joke about my name as soon as I walk up on stage. <laughs> Asshole. Let me no, be completely um, fair. I definitely <laughs> never butchered it until he started using the stage name. I nailed sewage, but for some reason Thomas is yeah. the one that I can't. I can't seem to hold down. How do you butcher why. Thomas? Because like, <laughs> I always say Taylor. I always oh, say Taylor. Okay, I, I thought don't you know meant why. you. I thought you meant you mispronounced Thomas. Like you're like Thomas no. or some shit. It's Thomas. Tomah, oh <laughs> uh, man, I don't even know a Zach Taylor. I have no idea why I can't drop isn't, the Zach Taylor thing. Isn't everybody Zach does Taylor? Oh no, that's Corey Taylor. I was thinking Slipknot for a minute. Like that's the only. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. Um, <laughs> so how long have you been doing stand up, Zach? Uh, about about nine months, solid now. Okay, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, when did you? When do you think you uh, started to not suck as much? Probably about, <laughs> like, <laughs> probably about like three months ago, okay. maybe. Cool, cool. Yeah. yeah, you're definitely you're definitely more confident on stage now than the than whenever I first saw you. That's that's for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, that's. I mean, that's that's like. Yeah, you have to be funny, but that's ninety percent of it is confidence on stage. I think if you have, if you have funny jokes, but you're not confident on stage, it's it's you're still not going to be good. You know, I mean, it's it's yeah, for sure. Yeah, like even even people that are monotone, they still have an air of confidence about them if they're a good comedian. It's so that's true. So true. Yeah. Um. Uh, I forgot what else I was going to ask you first. Uh, oh yeah, you're uh, you're hosting Barmacy next this week, right? This Sunday. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what do you think about hosting a show like that, where it's like mainly mainly comics and like maybe a couple crowd members? Like, is it <laughs> is yeah. it weird to do like when you first start out doing that? Like, I did one that was only comics at Grindstone on Tuesdays, and. I don't know. Do you think it helps? I th I think it does. Yeah, I think it does. I don't I don't mind it at all. And honestly, out of any room you could be in, a room with mostly comics is going to be the most generous. Like usually. Um, that being said, also I know a lot of people in Highland Square, so I think I'm actually going to be able to get a decent amount of people there tomorrow. That's cool. Um, for sure, because that's where I started at. You know what I mean? Um, so it's kind of easy to get people to come to that over anything else. It's kind of closer to where I know everybody at. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, I like to think that it helps with the confidence thing like John was talking about a minute ago. I mean, when you're doing rooms like that regularly, you kind of get used to it. It makes it so you're a little harder to shake up on stage, yeah. you know, like the yeah, second that you start to sweat, the audience is going to know it and they're going to come in for the kill. Yes. Yeah. You don't really have that after only doing that room for a long time and then getting a real crowd. Yeah, if, yeah you, sure. if, if you could do grindstone on Tuesdays, you could survive anything. I mean, that's yeah, you, yeah. It was it was yeah. fucking awful. That was uh, those were hard times, man. Those yeah. were hard times. Yeah, 
Especially speaking when, of Grindstone, should we? Man, with they just sold Grindstone. Grindstone has a new owner now. What? Yeah, two of them actually. I just met them last night. I didn't even know they were selling the place until last oh. night when the owner came up to me and was like, "Hey, we got some news," which is normally not good. Yeah, I was like, "Damn it, we <laughs> yeah. finally got a rhythm. We're at like four good shows in a row. That's pretty yeah. goddamn impressive for Grindstone." Yeah, so for sure. I was a little worried, but they so as far as I know, as far as what I was told, everything is going to stay exactly the same. So we still got Friday nights. Everyone gets to eat for free. And uh, yeah, these new guys, we'll see how they are. I don't know them too well yet, so I can't yeah. be like, oh, they're the greatest guys ever. <laughs> Hope yeah. they are. As long as there's free food, man, I'll keep coming for sure. That's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's I, a got, cool. I got leverage on people, dude. I yeah. had I had dinner last night, and then ate the rest of it for breakfast and lunch today. So, it was, yeah, the, that's some real bachelor shit. Yeah, honestly, I got the, the chicken bacon ranch pizza, shit's bomb. Okay, the, uh, they had like a new pork chop on the menu. It was like some kind of apple glazed breaded pork chop with like sweet potato. It was great. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, I don't like the mashed sweet potatoes. I don't know. I like I like plain caramelized chunked sweet potatoes that's i'm down for either sweet potato fries are the go-to for me if i have a choice on the sweet potato variety oh yeah 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 my girl's a a fiend for some sweet potatoes i actually wouldn't even try them for like the first 22 years i was alive just tried sweet potatoes (laughs) for the first time this year actually yeah what's the difference between yams and sweet potatoes what is that the same thing i don't know yeah that's pretty sure the same thing no one calls them that then no one knows (laughs) That's a weird ass uh, thing to call them. I know West yeah. Virginia people call them yams. I don't know. I really don't know if there's a difference. I'm, I'm not it's sure. Like I mean, it's a different soda thing with like the the north and the south. Like if you're from like up north, you say like pop, and then if you're from the south, you say like soda. I think or it just depends from, on where. You're or if you're from, or if you're from Texas like me, you say Coke for everything. <laughs> It's just all Coke. Yeah, if you order yeah, if you order a Coke in in North Texas, at least I don't know about all of Texas, but if you order a Coke, they will ask you what kind. That's <laughs> I'd be like cherry, vanilla. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, my, yeah. I, my friend Andy was so confused when he went to Texas with me, and uh, he ordered a he ordered a Coke, and she said what kind, and he was like, he's like, what do you mean? Like you have like. What what kind do you have? And she was like, she was like, we have Coke, we have Dr Pepper, we have Sprite, we have blah blah. blah and just <laughs> like, and like, he was like, what the fuck is she talking about? Like, there's there's Dr Pepper Coke. Like, I didn't. It is. It is. Moral weird. of the story is the South is not up and up on English. They're not real good at that. <laughs> yeah. So they call them yams, and they call pop Coke. Well, oh yeah, yeah, that happens. You know. Come- the south in this in this interview. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what do you think? What do you think? You uh, being like nine months in, what do you think? Like the, what do you think the hardest part is about navigating the local comedy scene for somebody that's a little newer? And I think the main thing would probably just be getting people to take me seriously. You know, like I definitely try to market myself as a comedian. You know what I mean? Like this is what I want to do. This is and image is a lot of that. So I definitely try to make my image good and professional. And I try to like, even if so, you were talking about performing in a room mainly full of comics. Sometimes that's a good room to perform in if there's comics in there who haven't seen you do things before. And then that might open the door to new opportunity and stuff like that. So I definitely think it's the biggest thing. It's just being taken seriously by the local crowd who's been doing this for a while. Yeah, I will say that Akron is different than Cleveland in that in that um, you said that you know comedians are more generous with the laughs. In Cleveland, it is the opposite. It is yeah. it is hard to make comedians laugh in in the Cleveland scene. Um, you have to just have a really good joke that like they're not going to give you pity laughs or anything. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's like I think I think Akron comics are a lot more. Uh, supportive of of at least other Akron comics, you know, because they're all friends and shit, and it's and uh, sometimes sometimes I feel like people will go on for a really long time in the Akron scene and have nobody ever tell them what they're doing wrong or you know like it's because it 
it's it's just so much it's it's just everybody's trying to be friendly to each other and it's like at some point you have to be honest with people and tell them where they're at and what they need to work on and shit like that like it's but but yeah i think that's interesting that i never thought about that but akron akron comics definitely are more generous with the laughter um, oh, for sure. It is a double-edged sword, too. I mean, you're right. Akron, Akron seems to accept people in really quick, and you know, if you're if you're good, they'll just accept you as a you know serious comedian. Yeah. They'll give you stage time, whatever. Cleveland is not like that at all. You know, I think part of it's about the hang. Part of it's about who you know. You're gonna get directions. I mean, there's a lot of veterans in the in the Cleveland scene that are really good to do stand up in front of. Because they'll tell you something like even even if something didn't get a laugh, sometimes you'll get a veteran that's like, hey, that's funny. Uh, that's a good tagline or something or something about that joke works. Don't throw it out yet. And that's been extremely helpful, too. Yeah. So it really depends. Yeah. Well, because I have to work so early in the mornings, I didn't start going out to like I didn't start going to LBT on the regular until until I got to the point where I was like in pretty good with most of the Cleveland comics doing other shows and shit. Because I knew that I couldn't get bumped back at LVT and mm-hmm. like and still get home in time to go to bed and wake up in the morning. Whereas like that that is a thing. Like if you're not an established comic in the scene, like you're gonna end up going up pretty late most of the time at LVT. Um, a comic I was I was hanging out with this week experienced that and <laughs> and, and she got bumped from like ten to like. 16 or 17 i think and it it sucks but that's just the just the reality of it it's it's uh it's a community and if you're not in that community they're gonna bump you to put people that are in (laughs) up before you yeah like it's yeah and it's a hierarchy thing like you're like you're if you're a newer comic or they don't know if you're a good comic they're gonna put comics that they know are good before you if they want to go up early it's just how it is um you haven't started going out there yet, have you? Um, I, think... so I went to LVT once, and then okay. like I've been to Hatfields a few times. I was, uh, you know, trying to show my face out there a little bit more. I was yeah. going up there with Patrick Madison, but uh, I just it was just a uh, transportation issue. I just I'm getting my car this week, so I'll probably be heading up there a little bit more because I do want to like integrate into that scene. Obviously, the Cleveland comedy scene's huge, and like yeah. if I do want to make something of this, which I do that is something that I need to step my feet into and show my face in a little bit more. So, yeah, that sounds exactly, that sounds like the uh, stereotype for an Akron comic. When you said, I'm getting my car next week. That's. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see if it's true, right? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, man, it is, it is definitely like, I mean, funny stop is the first club you're going to get booked at unless, unless you want to do the other club that doesn't pay you. Um, that's, that's the, that's the, <laughs> the first one with Calvin Harvey named. Yeah. 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 The only pays headliners apparently. Um, <laughs> but funny stops the first club you're going to get booked at. But if you want to get on like showcases and shit like that with, with other good comics, then you, then like going to LBT, going to Hatfields and shit like that. It's kind of a, it's kind of a must. I think like you have to show your face around there. Um, and honestly, I would recommend to most newer people, like, until you think you're a killer comic, don't do it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't, yeah. don't want to give a bad first impression. And, uh, and I, I mean, that's how I did. But there are people that start out there and they, and they get good quicker, I guess, because they start out there. Or nobody talks to them and they just stay the same for, yeah. <laughs> for, for <a> <laughs> <laughs> those are your two options. Uh, I feel like you do get opportunities. You, you do get opportunities to redeem yourself a little bit, though. Sometimes, if you have a bad set in Cleveland, I mean, you got Make Them Laugh Mondays. You can always go to, yeah. and John's really cool about letting people on and stuff like that. Where it's not necessarily an open mic, but you know, it's kind of is. You can still drop in and have a good shot at getting a spot. And, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of opportunities to be seen. I, I, guess, I did not that. mean to leave out Make Them Laugh Mondays. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, I yeah, just, you asshole. I just don't do it often because it's in Cleveland Heights and they don't start until 930. So it's like oh. if I don't yeah. talk to John ahead of time and like make sure I can get up early, then I'm then I'm not going out there. Like, it's, you know, because it's just it's yeah. too late. 
That's the hardest one, man. That is Monday nights are not a good night for me to do anything, but it's such a fun room. Yeah. And I mean, the comics on it are really good. So it's always worth doing. Well, and I'm a procrastinator, so I never edit the podcast until Monday night. So yeah. even though we record on Saturdays, I never, I never edit the podcast until Monday night. So when I do make them laugh Mondays, I'm like telling myself I'm going to do it before I go. And then I end up not doing it before I go. So I get home at like 11 and then I have to edit the podcast and I'm up till like 1230, one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> but not the podcast. So that's, that's one of the reasons why I don't do it that often. Um, what, what are the things that you, that you yourself think you need to get better at? Um, like I, so we had a conversation the other day between you and I, and I was just kind of saying how I, I do think I try to make every joke a story. And if, and if that is going to be my, my route, then that I do need to, to put more little laughs in between, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, or make things more concise. Yeah. And, and you can do that like with stories, you can do that like one at a time. Like, you know, like you can take, you can take a story and put like one little, one little extra spot that you think will make people laugh and see if it works. And if it doesn't laugh, then you didn't lose anything. Cause you're going to tell the fucking story anyways. You yeah. know, I mean, it's so that's, that's the thing is, is those little, those little punches are really, and it sometimes can just be a voice inflection or something in yeah. one of your words that makes people laugh. And it's, it's crazy. I've had to learn to do that with, with my jokes because my jokes are all like, most of my jokes are a minute to a minute and a half. Like it just, right. I mean, I'm, and that's not that bad. Like, you know, we know we had Brian Kenny on most of his jokes are like five minutes, you know, yeah. and, <laughs> and, but he's making people laugh every 20 to 30 seconds. I mean, with the way, he, yeah. the way he tells his stories. So it's, it's, there's a weird, there's a weird uh, balance there with that shit. I think the, you can later on in life, if you are super successful doing comedy, you can do it without having so many little punches. And like Mark Marin, Mark Marin has stories that where like the way he tells it is funny. Like his anxious way of his anxious way of talking kind of makes it funny, but there's no like little punchlines in a lot of his stories. It's just like, the way he talks and and looks, you know, like it's just, yeah, yeah. Most of his I can't imagine are being anxious about something. <laughs> I I could never imagine Marin doing like a random bar show where nobody knows who he is. I mean, you'd have to be a really captivating storyteller. Yeah. I mean, he did that shit for years. Yeah, he made it work, man. Yeah, more power to him. Yeah, there used to be uh, there used to be a big like circuit of back in the like 80s and 90s there used to be a big circuit of the one-nighters which was like it was it would be like booking agencies that would book that would book like a or booking agents that would book like a headliner a headliner a opener in a middle for for a bar show and it was <laughs> it, there was like a circuit of them like all over all over the country and that's what like when Mark Marin started he talks about it all the time that's the type of shit he did where it was like little one-nighters at bars and restaurants and shit like that. And it's like, yeah, that's what we're all doing now. And it's and we're not, yeah. we're not getting paid like a headliner. We're not doing headlining time, but that's what we're doing, trying to make people laugh that just came to eat a fucking meal. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's so true. It's rough, man. Like It was so funny. Last night at Grindstone, uh, there was this back table that was just talking loud as fuck the whole time. And they were like not in the room. They were like the next table over from the room. And yeah. they were talking very loudly the whole night. And they weren't paying <laughs> attention to the show at all, except for they would hear like words and then start talking about whatever that word was in their conversation. <laughs> like I heard him talking about pussy lasers once. I heard him talking about little dogs when Dave Flint was yeah. talking about little dogs, like shit like that. Like it was just like. Just fucking pay attention and watch. Like your conversation is not going to be funnier than no. than the people on stage. Like it's just I don't know. And it's it's nuts to me because I mean, Dave, like you had Dave Flynn on stage. I'm like he's he's doing hilarities these next two nights. Like yeah. he is a big deal, and you're just gonna talk over his entire fucking set. Yeah, that's yeah. how you, you know Keenan... those people aren't aren't good people. 
No, no, I'm yeah. not. <laughs> I'm not saying they're shitty people there, but they're not. They're not like they're not plugged into what's going on in Cleveland because even yeah. before. No, I, but even before I started doing comedy, if I was at a bar show and there's a comedy show that I wasn't really paying attention to, and the host was like, "This next guy is featuring at Hilarities tomorrow night," I would have perked up and watched. You know, like yes. it's like. Yeah, for sure. And not even that, like he had a microphone and it was turned up pretty fucking loud yes. because Devin kept asking me to turn it up more and more. And you know how loud you have to talk to talk over Dave Flint with a loud ass microphone in his hand? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. If you didn't want to watch the show, you didn't have to. You just can't scream at the person that's next to you. That's all. That's <laughs> no. all we're asking. Yeah. Yeah. You had like the Golden Girls up front. They hung out the entire show. I thought they were going to leave. But I mean, if we if we got to hold their attention the entire time, how could we not get this table's attention? I don't understand it. Yeah, everybody else was cool that night, and all the other tables seemed to be fun. But they all laughed at different things. It was like playing Simon with the audience. Yeah, except, except pedophile jokes. They didn't like pedophile jokes, so I had eighty six that. Yeah, but. <laughs> they didn't like pedophile jokes. So Brandon basically didn't have a set. He was just no. Yeah. no. <laughs> it's like, oh, you guys have been great for three minutes. <laughs> Oh, man. We got uh, quite a few news stories to talk about today. Um, there was a a British politician who was uh, stabbed to death by his constituents. So this is from NBC News, I believe. CBS News, sorry. Sorry, Britain NBC. is reeling from a brazen attack on a member of parliament who was murdered in front of his constituents. The suspect, said to be a British citizen, was quickly arrested. Counterterrorism officials are leading the investigation. CBS's Charlie Daggett reports from London. Stabbed to death inside a church while serving those he cared for most. And for now, British police are treating the murder as an act of terror. Sir David Amos was holding an open meeting with constituents when, witnesses say, a man wielding a knife charged in and stabbed the 69-year-old politician multiple times. Emergency teams were quick to respond to the scene in Essex, east of London, but paramedics were unable to save his life. Police arrested a 25-year-old man on suspicion of murder and recovered a knife. Prime Minister Boris Johnson said the entire country was heart-stricken. And the reason I think people are so shocked and saddened is, above all, he was one of the kindest, nicest, most gentle people in politics. The father of five was a hardline Brexit supporter who had served as a conservative member of parliament for nearly 40 years. Amos is the second British lawmaker to be killed in just over five years. Labour MP Joe Cox was shot and stabbed in the street while meeting with her constituents. Dude, they're they're going hard in Britain, man. That is crazy. But you know, if this was America and this happened, that whole church would have been dead. Yeah, yeah. That's sure. that's, that's <laughs> the knife part is uh, it's kind of a good thing, I think, because they don't have many guns over over in England. In what do you think? Guns would would have been the only way this would have been prevented. He probably just would have been shot instead of stabbed. It would have been much faster for him. And <laughs> I think. Yeah, it's a brutal way to go out. Sixty nine, any age, really being stabbed multiple times. He only had to stab him once. He's sixty nine. Yeah, there's so many aspects of the story that I I hated to find hilarious, but I did. <laughs> His name is Amos. He was famous. Uh, he was killed in the church, which to me, I'm like, if that doesn't get you to heaven, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you're right, fucking there, dude. Yeah, That's, yeah. Wouldn't that be? He died at sixty nine. Like you tell me, like. So nobody in the hospital was like he's dead at sixty nine, and somebody else was like, "Nice." Writes <laughs> <laughs> it. If it would have the only way this this could have been uh, this could have been more perfect is if they also baked cookies at that church. That's <laughs> oh, I'm sure they had a bake sale. It's a church, man. Uh, <laughs> it's no. for sure. I this is this is what society has came to. We're, we're laughing about people being murdered with a knife, like it's. <laughs> but it's. I just think. The Britain is just still like really in that knife shit. Like honestly, you shoot, you know <laughs> what I mean? You, you, yeah, the yeah. problem with me and you shoot me, it's over quick. You know what I mean? It sucked. I just got shot. Whatever happens from here, but like coming up and stabbing somebody is so much more personal. Like yeah, that, yeah, that is just that's why they have that's why they have less murder. 
I mean, it's, yeah. it's you got to really was... want to murder somebody with a knife. And that's. You, I yeah. found it insulting that they said everybody was heart stricken over it. I was like, that guy literally got his heart struck with a knife and everybody else <laughs> yeah. is heart stricken. Dude, where and, Come on and now. he's a member of British Parliament. Like, where where is the security here? Like how there's no way an American an American like like federal level politician would ever get stabbed with a knife. No. Like, no, that person is getting tackled before they get that yeah. knife anywhere near one of our congressmen or senators or anything. Just they're not you know. used to people being that dangerous. None of them have guns. Yeah. They're, they're just not worried about it. They're still in the punk rock movement. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the the lesson here is if you're a British person in Parliament, just stop meeting with your constituents. It's been the second time that they've been mauled yeah. down by their people. <laughs> yeah, in the last five years. Yeah, You'd have was... thought with all those CCTV cameras that they'd have saw him on video somewhere saying, "Hey, I'm going to take this knife and go stab a politician. I'm, I'll be right back." Yeah. A lot of good that did. Yeah, I wish some of the politicians over here would uh, hold their constituents' meetings in Britain. Great. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, we have one more. We have one more serious story, and then we'll get into some dumber ones. Um, this is from NBC News this week. Um, police, I believe this was in Dayton, Ohio, um, pulled over a paraplegic man, and wasn't good. Paraplegic black man. Clifford Owensby, as seen on this body camera footage released by Dayton, Ohio police, repeatedly explained to officers that he was a paraplegic and had no use of his legs. Owensby was pulled over September 30th in a white Audi in Dayton, Ohio. Police say it was seen leaving a suspected drug house. You can cooperate and get out of the car. I'll drag you out of the car. The police released video was edited. NBC News cannot confirm what happened before or after. The officers forcibly pull Owensby out of the car by his hair, pinning him to the ground. Somebody help! Somebody help! Somebody help. Can y'all call the real police, please? Then dragging him towards the police vehicle. Police say they found more than $22,000 in the car. The narcotics canine dog signaled it had been in close proximity to illegal drugs. I feel like they need to train their officers to um, deal with disabled people in a, in a more efficient manner, you know, treat them with respect. But the Dayton Fraternal Order of Police defending the officers, saying they offered to assist Owensby, but sometimes the arrest of non-compliant individuals is not pretty. The mayor of Dayton calling the Jesus video very Christ. concerning, adding a full investigation is already underway. Molly Hunter. Like, I don't know how the Blue Lives Matter people are going to defend this one. Like, it's... He, no. he will. I mean, you can't say he was resisting. He was... He's paralyzed. So I mean, what? Maybe it's, I'm assuming that twenty two thousand came from some kind of settlement that got him paralyzed. That's probably where that money came from. Yeah. God well, damn. Dude, here's the thing, though, is that I didn't think it was probable cause to pull you over because you left the house. Um, no, it's not. Also, like, I don't know. They 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 didn't have a reason to pull him over, and then they didn't have a reason to ask him to get out of the car. And or search they, his vehicle. Yeah, and then they insisted that he step out of the car, and he was like, I'm a paraplegic, I can't step out of the car. And then they were like, the guy was like, I'll assist you, and he was like, no, you're going to hurt me, which is probably true, um, yeah. because you're not trained to fucking help a paraplegic person out of their car. Like, you know, I mean, it's, you're probably yeah. going to... Where did you put him at, the ground? Yeah, yeah, he slammed him onto the ground. Um they pulled him out by his hair. Pulled him out by his hair and slammed him on on the ground. Um, I'm going to assume that's not in the manual. And then that statement: <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, un uncompliant people aren't like it's not pretty. Like what the fuck kind of statement? And, and the dog. It said, "Yeah, the, of course." The dog signaled that, that it was in close pro close pro proximity to narcotics, like. I, what bill on the in the nation is not covered in some type of narcotic? Isn't there some crazy statistic about the amount of of like cocaine and other drugs that are on money in this country? I don't think that's you can't just say that this twenty two thousand dollars happened to at one point be 
near drugs, so we're just going to take yeah. it. We're yeah. just going to fucking take it and fuck this guy. Like, what? Yeah. That's bullshit. Also... And just be- because the dog told you to, the dog <laughs> was the one that decided ultimately to take the money? Yeah. That's horse shit. Also, when did dogs start giving signals? This is news to me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what kind of signals are they? Are they like like Navy SEAL signals? Like I don't, I don't get yeah. it. I'm pretty sure they just bark and growl. That's that's I, it. I think I should it's have my own drug sniffing dog, girl. and then my dog will will counter that dog's argument, and that my dog will see your dog in court. This will be, this will be <laughs> my taking care of it in no time. My dog's gonna look for drugs in the police car. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> your ID officer. <laughs> but as far as like the thing with the money goes, um, and this goes back to why I don't use my <laughs> last name, um, you are legally only allowed to have ten thousand dollars in your vehicle at a time, like in cash. And if you have any more money than that in cash, then they are legally allowed to retain your money until you show proof of income for how you got that money. That Which is, is horseshit. That is insane. Yeah, for what? sure. What if you're leaving the casino? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that's probable. Like, you can definitely get, you know, yeah. the Unless receipts or whatever. <laughs> Unless you lost your receipt in the, and you go back to the casino, like, hey, do you have a record of me? And they're like, we don't do that. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, who are you? Yeah. We don't do yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your drive home is going to be a bigger gamble than the casino was. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh man, where are we at on time? Okay, I'll uh, we got what two more? Yeah, this one is uh, about the Hollywood workers going on strike uh, this week. That's from NBC News. Tonight, Hollywood is on the brink of calling cut, with 60,000 behind-the-scenes workers threatening to walk off set, potentially halting production of your favorite series, films, and live shows. I'm not nervous about the strike. I'm excited. The union, IATSE, alleging the explosion of streaming combined with the pandemic has elevated and aggravated working conditions, bringing those behind the scenes to the breaking point, creating what it says are excessively unsafe and harmful working hours and unlivable wages. Also noting a consistent failure to provide reasonable rest. So they expect us to just continue working no matter the conditions, no matter how long we've been at it. Now Hollywood heavyweights are speaking out in support of the workers. It's staggering. I mean, the 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 I mean, the amount of, of abuse that I've seen. No one gives a you know, and it's. I, I, I've seen a lot of that. The Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers saying it deeply values the crew members and is committed to reaching a deal. The Alliance includes Universal Pictures, part of our parent company, NBC Universal. Anger over workers' rights is hardly confined to Hollywood. We're on the right side of history. From auto and agriculture to healthcare workers, it's all part of a growing nationwide showdown between employees and employers, sparked in part, experts say, by the pandemic, now spilling on to the silver screen. If ongoing negotiations fall through, thousands here in Hollywood are set to join the picket lines starting Monday. People are going on strike in all kinds of industries right now, and it's working, and I love it. It is, <laughs> it is great. You'll never yeah. see a comedy strike. There was one. <laughs> there was a not, comedy not here. strike. No. Um, the that's some that's something I've always been interested in is the uh, the comedy strike in in L.A. back. Um, I can't remember when it was. It was back in the days of like Jay Leno and David Letterman being being in L.A. Um, it's interesting that basically they. They struck so that everybody would get paid when they did when they did spots at the comedy store, the improv, whatever. And the improv was actually already paying people, and the com the comedy store like took a while. Mitzi like took a while to start paying comics, and uh, all the comics that did the comedy store stuck together and went on strike. It was uh, 1979. Um, Jay Leno pretended to get hit by a car, and that's how the strike ended. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Um, um, there was a regular at at the comedy store who was like really in with Mitzi, and he was like one of the only comics that uh, crossed the picket line. 
And uh, he was driving his car across the picket line, and Jay Leno like made it look like he hit him, <laughs> and and it like made uh, Mitzi panic, and she caved and agreed to start paying comics. So it's pretty interesting that that history. Um, there's a big there's an episode of the uh, the Comedy Store documentary on Amazon that talks about the '79 strike. Pretty interesting. But yeah, um, I think it was Kellogg's employees went on strike last week and they got what they Damn. wanted. Yeah, they got like uh, a significant raise, better health insurance. Like, it sounds like their benefits were great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Fucking nothing like a Tony the Tiger reference. Oh, yeah. you have to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. They they showed like some celebrities like Seth Rogen and shit that are like supporting the Hollywood working strikers or whatever, but they could just like they could have just like demanded that they pay them more in the first place. Like Seth Rogen, like he like is directed and produced movies. So he probably could have just paid him more. I don't it's the, know. It's the streaming platforms that really don't have much sympathy for as far as not being able to pay their employees. Yeah, and they don't seeing, pay fucking taxes. Yeah, seeing how much they spend on their movies and their actors and all that stuff. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I think you guys can afford to pay yeah. a little bit more. I don't think it's really going to put you out of business. No. I think that's why the Netflix CEO is so adamant about not taking the Chappelle special down and defending Dave Chappelle. He's like... I paid $50 million for this special. It is not getting taken off the service. No. You know? I mean, I, I don't know. It's crazy to me that Netflix does that, even with guys like Dave Chappelle, where they give them the contract ahead of time of them actually making the special. Like That's pretty risky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted, Dave delivers, but yeah. still. Yeah. yeah. I think it might go back to... Like what we were talking about, though, with maybe his intention on such a controversial special. Also, Netflix is now like his special is only on my streaming platform. So the yeah. special that everybody's talking about, they're eventually going to want to watch and see what everybody means. Yeah. You know, they're going to come to Netflix. They're going to watch this. There's not a decrease in views on the special now. If anything, there's a large increase based on all the attention that's being brought to it. Yeah. Yep. Um, our last news story is not, um, one we usually do. We've done a couple sports stories before, but, um, yesterday it went viral because somebody took a picture of his house. Um, Miles Garrett, <laughs> who I think everybody knows is my favorite player, um, <laughs> made a quarterback graveyard and uh, he was asked about it yesterday in the pre press conference. This is from cleveland.com. Backstory to the cemetery? Uh, I mean, I'm kind of a troll a little bit. And uh, <laughs> people in my house like that fun. My family, my friends, and that would be you know, something cool to do for Halloween because uh, I've always had a ha Halloween. So I know you're an art guy. Did you? Paint no, some of those? I didn't pay the darn thing. <laughs> I, honestly, I just had my dad get on it because he, he brought up the idea. I thought it sounded good. So he can paint that well? well I didn't say he could paint. <laughs> he got on the idea and sent it to someone. They got it done and they set it up. Okay. Yeah. Kiffin said he was counting up whether you sacked all those guys. Was that part of the deal? I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I don't even think I've seen Murray yet, so. Were you surprised it's gotten the attention that it has? Uh, yeah. I didn't think people would invade my privacy like that, but they're there. <laughs> so, it's strange that people come come by my house. Hopefully they can they can leave me be, because you know, that's my place of you no know, refuge and, and residence. I don't like people just driving by for whatever reason. It's nice. And I, I like that my, my neighbors appreciate it, think it's funny, my like, family and friends, but like, people just driving up, that, that's weird for everyone in my household. <laughs> yeah, everybody, stop driving by Miles Garrett's house, you fucking dicks. Um, I used to See think what he was... did to Justin Fields, why, why do you think he's going to do anything different for you? Yeah, I used to always think it was weird when uh, people used to like drive by and take pictures of LeBron's house, like, leave them alone in their fucking neighborhoods, guys, like, come on. 
You want them to like not live in Cleveland? Like, like, yeah. like I mean, late now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, no, but I mean, with Miles Garrett, like, do you want him to go somewhere else where it's more celebrity friendly or something? Like, no, I want these rich motherfuckers living in Cleveland and I want the Browns to be good. Like, you know, I mean, it's, 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 yeah. weird. it's weird. And me, why do you man. need to drive by that? You've seen the picture. Yeah. And once you've seen the picture, it's it's not going to be different. Yeah. I got to see it in person. Well, no, the dude, <laughs> that, the dude that took the pictures was just like, I'm going to drive by Miles Garrett's house and saw it and took pictures of it. Like, yeah. Oh, I thought he meant there was more people coming to like troll by. No, and, like he look. didn't even know. He didn't even, he didn't expect this to like get out or anything, you know, yeah. like he just did it because he thought his neighbors would think it was funny. Like it's it's weird that they knew where he lived. I, I have no idea. Like I don't know where any celebrity lives. I mean, I know the where LeBron players. lives, but um, yeah, I know where both of you guys live. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, I didn't decorate. Yeah, we'll move, we'll move <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, that's cool. happen again, Brandon. We'll move on from that creepy shit. Um, <laughs> now uh, we're gonna get into your comedian here. He said inspired you, uh, Pete Davidson. Um, go ahead and tell us why why he's an inspiration to you, and then I want to talk about him for a minute too. So, <laughs> I think uh, I think Pete Davidson, like, I kind of have like an observational style of humor, and that's kind of like what he goes with, and almost like like making fun of himself, like mental illness, and like uh, I don't know. I really like one of his takes on like the paparazzi is like on SNL talking about how it's just like embarrassing, like how not cool, like basically saying like fuck you ariana grande for making me famous because like the paparazzi is just hounding my family and all this shit i don't know i just think that he makes like being famous and like being in the light i like think he talks a little bit more about like the impact that has on his everyday life and like his life in general more so than a lot of other people do everybody wants to like glorify it and make it seem like it's this really cool thing but at the end of the day, when you're just trying to live a normal life and you just happen to have got to that place, I, I don't know. I think I like a lot of his takes on things. Yeah. I I just want to talk about how when his stand-up special came out on Netflix, there was a lot of snobbishness, <laughs> snobbishness coming from the comedy community um, because people didn't know about Pete Davidson and they just assume that it was this SNL guy who just decided to start doing stand up and they're like you could tell he wasn't real practiced or whatever um no he's uh, you just didn't give him a chance because Pete Davidson's yeah. been doing stand up since he was 16 years old um and he was really good at it he grinded for 4 years before he got anything and then in, in 2004 when he was 20 his life like blew up basically and yeah, in uh, in one year he got six episodes of Wild and Out. Um, he got on the Just for Laughs New Faces showcase, and he got SNL in in one year. Um, and when you're 20 years old and you get all that shit, it's because you're good. Like that's yeah. that's it. There's no other explanation for it. Um, so this is from back then. This is Pete Davidson with no tattoos. He was 20 years old. Um, it's a little longer than most clips, but it's, I wanted people to hear it just as, as proof that he's been doing stand-up for a really long time. This is 20 year old right. Pete Davidson. This is, um, this is his new faces showcase. It just relapsed. All right. All right. Relax. Hi. How are you? Okay. So, um, does anybody still play the, uh, how much money would you suck a dick for game with your friend? <laughs> Just a game I reopened in my life. Uh, nobody. Okay. You? Okay. Well, if you don't know what the game is, it's basically one of your friends is like, hey, man. Would you suck a dick for a million dollars? And then we would all lie and be like, no. (laughs) Here's the thing. 
Of course I would do it for a million dollars. In a heartbeat. Before I even blinked, I would say yes to a million dollars. To be honest, I would do it for like 5,000, if I had to be honest with myself. <laughs> Here's the thing about that game. My opinion has changed. All right, When I played that game in high school three years ago, I, <laughs> I always said no. And I meant it. You know, my friend in high school would be like, hey, man, would you suck a dick for a million dollars? I'm like, no. And I really meant that. You know, because I lived with my mom at the time. <laughs> you know, I had food, I had clothes, I had a TV in my room. I didn't need to suck a dick. <laughs> now... Now I live on my own. Two dicks a year. I think two dicks a year is an acceptable amount of dicks to suck. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You know, one dick in the summer, so you have a great summer. And then one dick before Christmas, so the whole family eats. I don't think there's anything, there's anything wrong with that. And people are like, oh, you're gay. And I'm like, no, I'm a businessman, okay? I'm fucking making moves out here. Oh, man, I don't... I have a, I have a girlfriend now. It's weird. When you have, when you have a girlfriend, you, you basically just go home. <laughs> That's it. You just, just go home and answer questions. <laughs> That's what true love is. You know, no, she's great. It's just, you know, I'm not good at sex because I'm 20. So, like, I'm not, you know, I wasn't raised in a brothel. Like, I'm not, I'm not good yet. I don't, I don't get why girls get mad at that. You know, when every time I have sex with a girl, she's just like, is that it? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm not 40, okay? I'm in training right now. You know any good guitar players that have been playing guitar for a year? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know any of them They're all still paying for lessons And that's where I'm at right now <laughs> 20 year olds have sex like Green Day Okay It's just the same shit every time For a minute and 52 seconds <laughs> Yeah, just a bunch of Din-in Din-in Dan-it, Dan-it, come. That's it. That's the entire. <laughs> but Green Day has some good songs, so fuck off, all right? Leave me alone. I have a lot of black friends. Uh, I'm white, by the way. I know I look miscellaneous in the face. <laughs> but that's another set. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I'm white either, to be completely honest with you. Because I can see my lips from here. So. <laughs> you know. But no, it's, uh. Got into a fight with my black friends recently. And, uh, they were like, yo, son. I was like, yes, dad. <laughs> uh. Yeah, by the way, I do that. That's a lot of fun. Whenever a black dude comes up to you, just fuck with him. Whenever he's like, yo, son, be like, yes, papa! <laughs> how are you, father? Uh. Or creep them out. I like to creep them out sometimes, too. When they're like, yo, son, be like, Dad? <laughs> I always knew you'd come back. <laughs> no, we got into uh, an argument. Uh, here's the thing. I'm the only white guy out of my group of friends. So, like, you could, you could watch 12 Years as a Slave with your black friends if you're a white guy. You can. You know? I wouldn't, but... <laughs> but you can. But when it's over, don't, don't do this, okay? Because this is what I did. And uh, this is why uh, we got into a fight. All right, here's what happened. When, when you watch 12 Years of Slave with your black friends, here's, here's what not to do. What I did was I looked at all my black friends and I was like, hey, guys. Great movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, that's my time. I'm Pete Davidson. Thank you. <laughs> it is, uh, it, it's weird to hear him that young because I didn't know he was a stand-up back then. 
Yeah. When he first got on when he first got on SNL, I thought that was like his his first thing he did in comedy, basically. So I get it, but just wanted to educate some people. He's been doing it for a long fucking time. Give him a chance. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. I thought his I special was funny. Yeah. And there oh, yeah. and there were a bunch of people that were like I didn't really talk about it and tell people I thought it was funny because uh, everybody beat me to it and started talking shit about it. So <laughs> I mean, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it either. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I didn't think it was one that I would go out of my way to shit on or anything like that. Yeah. It was watchable. It was a lot more watchable than a lot of the other ones that were on Netflix or are still on Netflix. Yeah. yeah well, when it came out, there was nothing on Netflix. Like it was like it was like Mark Marin, uh, Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura, and then nothing for like fucking a year. Pretty Not much. Really yeah. And now they just sneeze out a dozen at a time. Yeah. So many. When he dropped that special, there was not, it wasn't really oversaturated with like a bunch of Netflix specials. No, it's, it's slowed down a lot because of the pandemic. Right before the pandemic, it was like Brandon said, there's like, like 10 coming out a week. It seemed like, like just too much to keep up with. So like you only, you only watch the people that you know and like, whereas now I watch all of them pretty much because there's only like one or one or two a month, maybe on Netflix. A lot of people right, are releasing off, specials was... on YouTube now. Yeah. It's... Definitely a lot of quantity, not not so much quality on Netflix for a while. It was Yeah. I tried to do my girlfriend and I sat down and we did like like ten minutes of each one that we could that we've never heard of. And there was a lot we just couldn't even get through. We were like, we have no idea what the fuck is going on in some yeah. of these Dude, I think the best on Netflix is the, uh, the, uh, I think it's, it might be a Netflix original called The Stand Ups. And it's just, oh, yeah. It's just like newer people doing like half hour sets or whatever. And they're pretty good. Josh Josh Johnson had one on there. Uh, Sam J. Uh, there was, there were a bunch of them that were really, really good. But, but yeah, so Zach, uh, you have anything else you want to, Talk about anything anything else that you uh, think new comics should know that you didn't know when you, whenever you were getting into it? Um, ask questions. I don't know. Ask ask a bunch of questions. Talk to people. Make yourself known. Like, make your presence aware. You know, like, don't be shy. So I, I think that's where I've gotten – I think that's why I've gotten where I am right now. Not necessarily saying that's super far or anything, but I, I do ask a lot of questions. I network as much as possible. And I do try to like, you know, like I said, get my face out there, let people like see me do sets, people see me be places, stuff like that. Yeah, man. Don't be shy, but also don't be cocky. That's because there's yeah. there's nothing worse than somebody that's like a month or two in and they're just like cocky as fuck because <laughs> they had one good set at Funny Stop. You know, I mean, it's, right. it's that's the worst. Like, yeah, for sure. There's a dude that uh, it was a while back. I don't remember the guy's name. There was a guy that Pete said he thought had potential, um, and and me and Mayo were there, and he told us to talk. I think he told us to talk to him because I don't think me or Mayo would have just started talking to him for no reason. Um, pretty sure Pete told us to talk to the guy because he thought he had potential, and I try to talk to him for like maybe a minute and it was just like all right this dude does not want any advice he thinks he knows everything you yeah know, like blah blah and and uh i started walking away and man was like what's up i'm like you try man i'm good and uh yeah and he walked up to him and came over like a minute later he's like oh yeah he's hopeless you know like it's like <laughs> it's like because if you're not gonna like anthony mayo is one of the main reasons why i why i developed as as quick as i did um, because I had somebody that was a year ahead of me that I could that I could text anytime I, I had questions about something or even just wanted to run a joke by him. You know, I mean, that's it's important to have somebody like that that's been in at least long enough to know how to navigate the scene. Uh, yeah, that you can talk to. But but yeah, I don't know how you get that unless you're like Zach and just start talking to people. That's yeah, literally talk to everybody. If you don't want to talk to me, you're going to tell me. <laughs> Yeah. I'll, just, I'll leave the phone, obviously, but yeah. I'm gonna try. Yeah, yeah. There will be people that don't want to talk to you if they don't know you because they. There's a yeah. big thing, and we've talked about it before on the podcast, where a lot of people uh, don't 
don't waste their time talking to comics that they don't know are serious about it yet or not. You know, so it's like until they start seeing your face, a lot of the times, a lot of people won't talk to you. I mean, that's that's yeah. one thing yeah. that I learned. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, do you have anything to promote coming up? Um, so obviously tomorrow seven. What? What? Yeah, this won't be, this won't be out till Tuesday. So all right. Well, <laughs> when this comes out, the day after that. Um, Wednesday, the funny stop I'm hosting. Um, and then I also just launched a Patreon. If anybody wants to go on there, support me, I'll be putting like sets. I'm also launching a, uh, a not so lengthy podcast. That's what I decided I'm going to call it on like, uh, October 25th. So yeah, that'll be on Patreon for, me for a little bit. And then I'll move it over to all of the other, you know, Apple music, all of those things. Yeah. That's cool. Um, where can people follow you on social media? Um, Instagram at Zach Thomas Comedy. There you go. Uh, Facebook at Zach Sewage, S U I C H, not sewage, not talking about shit. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, Twitter at Zach Sewage also. Cool. Uh, Brandon? Uh, yeah, check me out. Petrified Comedy and Brandon Petrie everywhere else. Uh, come out to, well, all the Columbus people that don't listen to this should probably start because we got that Columbus show coming up on the 22nd, right? Yeah. At the pretentious, I pulled it up, pretentious Barrel House Brewery. We specialize in sours, which I really like. So I'm looking forward to that. Pretty cool. Uh, I think that's about all I'm doing relatively soon, at least. Cool. All yeah, right. I uh, I don't like sours, but I'm still excited about that show. Um, <laughs> yeah, me and Brandon are doing that show at the Pretentious Barrel House with uh, Austin Robertson, who I haven't seen in a while. Um, so that'll be cool. Um, October 28th, I'm at High and Dry in Tremont. Uh, that'll be fun. And uh, that's, that's it for now. I don't need to go into November. Oh, and uh, I'm allowed to tell people now. So I'm co-featuring for Brennan A. or New Year's Eve at Funny Stop. So hey, oh, yeah. come out to that. Yeah, that'll be cool. Um, it's me and Bill Stone. So should, Okay. Yeah, should be a good show. Um, I'm doing a theater show at some time in November with LJ Payne and uh, Milton Wiley. And I got Funny Farm in November, but I'll tell you about those later on. Um, you can follow me at John Brown Comedy, Brandon. Petrified Comedy. There we go. You have like different names for every social media. You need to. It's <laughs> either my name that. or it's <laughs> Petrified Comedy. What's I have the, two. What's the I one on Twitter? Two. I thought it, I thought the Twitter one was different as well. I had, it might just be Brandon Petrified Comedy. Honestly, okay. All right. I think most of them, if you just search my name, it'll come up. There's not that many Brandon Petries. If there yeah. are, they're way less cool than me. Well, I saw you did what uh, I haven't done yet, and you created a comedian Brandon Petrie page, right? Yeah, if I, I made that like way too soon. I, I was like oh, okay. a couple months <laughs> into comedy, and I was like, well, now this is my profession. Obviously, everyone's going to follow my page and take it really seriously. <laughs> I just it saw just gives you an opportunity to post shit again that you've already posted on your regular page that's that's the trick for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i i just saw it uh somewhere i saw all of your social medias somewhere I oh my new my new tiktok videos that oh uh, yeah, w. yeah, yeah scott yeah. showed me how to do yeah i'm hoping i get a good clip i'm hoping drew got a good clip of me this week because i had a good set hell yeah, yeah i hope so man like those are a saving grace they're really fun to have yeah, because you can post them and it doesn't give away any of your material or anything. So it's yeah, and it's, nice. it's a good place to put your socials on it and keeps the clip nice and short. Make sure to put subtitles on it though, because apparently that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about that, Zach. You you uh, you crushed last Thursday at the uh, Crowdwork show. Um, what did you do? What did you do differently? Did you feel any different, or or was it just, just luck? <laughs> or was it <laughs> honestly so i wouldn't i wouldn't attribute it to luck and i'll tell you why so the first time i went up i was uh i didn't really know what to expect and i didn't really know what to talk about um it's kind of just like getting that feel for the audience and maybe a little bit of whoever went up before you kind of getting some intel on them also and then the second time it was more comfortable but this last time that i went up it's like the entire time that i got there 
Um, I was just looking at the audience the entire time, just thinking of things. And then when I got up there, um, some of the back and forths with the, uh, the crowd members really made it the set that it was honestly. And that was completely unexpected. That wasn't stuff that like I had thought about beforehand at all with the yeah. whole like dead wife thing. Everybody's listening has no context, Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> basically somebody somebody uh zach was making fun of someone and he uh for being alone and he said my wife just died and somehow zach pulled his way out of it and <laughs> recovered from it and made not easy laugh. to do yeah but that's what i'm talking about it's i think it's because i was thinking about like why this set went so well for me and i think it, with the crowd work it's a lot of i'm actually getting better and it's also a lot of luck because you luck yeah. into getting good responses. If you if you get a bad response where you can't play off of it, then you have to be really creative, you know. And it's like so if you get a good response that's easy to pop something out, that's luck. I mean, it's yeah, that's fair. The worst fair is when they don't say anything to you and they just don't yeah. want to be talked to, and you're like, I'm I'm now harassing the public right now. I'm yeah, yeah I'm just tearing into somebody that wanted nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I gotta, gotta get out of here. I gotta get a shower and shit. Um, well, I'll figure out where to end it. Um, yeah, but, uh, four four thirty, uh, doing cigars at Tony's Cigar Shop. If either of you want to come with uh, with Sean Lynch and Bob McClure, so I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it. I gotta go pick my car up. I just got a detail. Oh, nice. They take four hours like they did mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I dropped it off nine thirty this morning, so it was past that and they, they just texted me during the podcast so cool. and i only had the inside done i didn't even have the outside done so they better be fucking spotless in there <laughs> right <laughs> yeah well all right man i'll uh catch you guys later if you want i'll be a funny stop tonight if you want to come out and hang out I might do that all right yeah all right later Go. guys see you guys thanks for having me guys yep thank you Brown Petri Dish is created by John Brown and Brandon Petrie. Logo designed by Brian Gallagher. Music by Jared Bailey. Audio version of the podcast is produced and edited by John Brown. Video YouTube version produced and edited by Harrison Poole.